Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. More than three decades ago, Congress passed a law requiring museums to return items, including bones, that were taken from Native American graves and return them to the descendants of those who were buried there. And this applies to the collection of dig artifacts maintained a stone's throw away from the Capitol at the State Museum in Albany. The Capital Region newspaper, The Times Union, has been tracking the progress of the return of those items, reporting that, as of this year, nearly two-thirds of the items have been returned. To learn more about this initiative, we're checking in on the Capitol Press Room with Mark Shamming, Deputy Commissioner of Cultural Education for the State Education Department and Director of the New York State Museum. Welcome to the show, Mark. Oh, thank you, Dave. It's good to be here. So for listeners who have never had the pleasure of visiting uh, the State Museum in Albany, can you describe, I guess, the size and the scope of its collection? Sure. So the State Museum has existed since 1836. Okay. We're the oldest and largest state museum in the country, and our collections today exceed 20 million objects in the areas and research in the areas of geology, paleontology, biology, anthropology, and history. It's a very diverse collection that we're building all the time. And we tell the history of New York from 400 million years ago to to today through our collection of research and exhibitions. And has it always been located uh, across the Empire State Plaza from the New York uh, Capitol, or has it had different homes since 1836? That's a a great question. It's had several locations in the city of Albany. Okay. In Capitol Park, it was on State Street. It was in what's now the State Education Building. It was then a state education building until 1976 when it moved to the Empire State Plaza, the Cultural Education Center, where mm-hmm. we've been since 1976. And in fact, some of the collections were here in the Capitol at one point during 1911 during the Capitol fire. We lost a great number of things along with the state library. There are some historic items in the state Capitol. Is the museum responsible for maintaining and bringing things in and out of the Capitol, or do they get to do that all on their own over here? No, we've worked with um, several administrations. We have paintings on loan in the Hall of Governor, artifacts on loan in exhibitions, and also in the Hall of New York. So we've had an ongoing relationship with the Capitol uh, throughout these years. Well, let's turn our attention to this issue at hand, which involves the implementation of a 1990 law, uh, the Native American Graves Protection and Repatriation Act. What types of items has the museum had in its possession or continues to possess, which would be covered by that federal law? Sure. It's a very helpful law. As you know, it was enacted in 1990, Mm -hmm. and it covers federal and tribal lands and any institution that gets federal funding 
and many museums, so most museums are included as in other cultural institutions as well. This covers and includes human remains, funerary objects, sacred objects, and objects of cultural patrimony. So funerary objects uh, over the last many years, and, and by the way, our collections of these kind of material date over well over 100 years. And if there are objects that are buried with an individual, and that could be projectile points, commonly known as arrowheads, pottery sherds, or parts, parts of broken pots. By the contact period, we're finding glass beads or copper beads. Or it could be a, a sacred carfeet that they've, piece that they've left with someone. Or, or we find jewelry. So if you think of today, people are buried with personal objects, this would happen. So on archaeological digs, when they find human remains, they very carefully look at all the pieces around it, and all of those objects become NAGPRA affiliated. And at this point, how many items do you have that fall under the scope of that definition? I was just talking with the curators this week, and they're constantly doing inventories and finding things, and I'll explain about how that material have come to this. But uh, the, the NAGPRA-related material, I would say we probably have a few thousand, maybe more, because the other two areas are sacred objects, mm-hmm. and these are objects used in ceremonies. Uh, it could be a sacred mask. It could be a turtle rattle, uh, you know, these kind of things. And those we get later. These are not uh, typically dug up out of the ground. This is ethnology that have come to the collection. And finally, objects of cultural patrimony. Okay. The big example of that would be wampum belts, right? And what's that? So wampum belts were made from uh, clamshells that were carved and hollowed out and strung. Mm-hmm. And they're very often, they're symbolic of things in a place. But the ones we had were treaty belts. Okay. And so while we're on that, in 1989, a year before NAGPRA became federal law, the State Museum was at the forefront and returned 12 belts that were very sacred to the Onondaga. Mm-hmm. And our director, Marty Sullivan, did that before it was even national law. And it was really we were the first uh, museum in the nation to do that. And then our director at the time worked with a commission that wrote the law, uh, NAGPRA. So during your time as director, which I think dates back to 2012, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, going on 10 years as director. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, how has the State Museum gone about complying with this federal law? What's the process like of trying to find the right home for all these items, some of which, like you said, are hundreds of years old? That's a great question. So uh, the first thing we did after 1990 was provided Department of the Interior, the National Park Service, under NAGPRA, summaries of all of our collections, and then an inventory. And those are public. One can go see that. And those are constantly updated and refined. We'll find something more from a site, add it. We'll find more documentation, you know, add it to the inventory and so on. And letters went out to federally recognized tribes across what's now New York State, at the time, from the late 90s through 2000 through today. Then what we do is work with the tribes, members of the Sixth Nation and others, uh, and, and write a notice. Okay. And there are several notices out now that we'll talk about as, as an example. Uh, so, for instance, this year, we've done about 25 notices over the years. And this has been th- thousands of objects, hundreds of human remains that have been returned. And so... You know, what we did this year, there's, uh, we're working with a Stockbridge Muncie. They're in Wisconsin now mm-hmm. because we have a large collection that's basically Hudson Valley 
these tribes lived along the Hudson Valley. So uh, what we do is work with them, create this uh, notice, a document that's very detailed because with NAGPRA you have to show the location, the context, and how it's culturally identifiable to a particular tribe. And so this summer, the notice was coming. They had seen the inventory. They made the request. And we work with them and make up this very detailed list that not only just shows a number of objects, it describes when and where and what it dates to. And so recently with these notices, uh, the current one that we're about to repatriate, and it's about uh, 170 individuals and over 3,000 sacred objects. They date from about 2,500 years ago to European contact. So there's a lot of research to talk about each site. And again, these digs, some of them happened over 100 years ago. Uh, goes out on a federal notice. They see it. And then they have 30 days to come and retrieve the material. But they could come much later or they could come tomorrow. Th that's up to um, the particular tribe. So what are the challenges of this process? Because it obviously is sounds very work-intensive, labor-intensive, and like you said, it's going back many years. Because when the federal government passed this, they envisioned everything being taken care of in right. 10 years. So what's the realistic timeline from your perspective, having done this, considering the challenges? Yeah, the challenges are there's been many donations to the museum over the last 100 years and more of, of archaeological material that, could con that would contain human remains or or funerary objects and so on. And what we have to do is, is identify the site and the, the cultural affiliation. And so when the press writes about, oh, we have all this unidentified material, we know what it is, but we're looking for that documentation to give it context. So we know we can document, this is for the Stockbridge Muncie, mm -hmm. or this is Seneca material. So for some of that, it's hard to go back and get all the documentation at the time to find exactly where it was found. And somebody donated to us. We no longer have contact. We're looking at old notes and material. The good news is the federal government just last month streamlined the NAGPRA protocol about repatriation, where we can now do it more geographically, if this makes sense. If we find we have, if we find we have material in certain counties, okay, we can go to, if it's the Seneca and it's Cattaraugus and Allegheny and so on, it, it loosened up some of that proof we had to have about culturally identifiable material. You're able to make general assumptions, you yes. know, best guesses based on right. where you're finding things. Yes, and then it's a, a collaboration with uh, the nations in a particular tribe to return the material. And then we go through the inventory, out it goes. Uh, and we work with them to write the claims uh, and those sort of things. So I would say we have very good relations uh, with the Six Nations and all the recognized uh, tribes. We've done some very good work. Uh, the timeline, I think, I believe, will shorten now, mm -hmm. now that the federal government, and again, NAGPRA has been helpful. We believe in it as a structure to, to return the material. So it should move along much quicker now. What are we talking, months or years? Uh, should we have you back on in 2025? What, what do you think? What is this, 23? Yeah. You know, to predict, I would like to say in, in between three to four years, everything would have a home. Mm -hmm. You know, we want this material to be back uh, in the hands of, of, of the nations, whether they're reburying it or using the material, these sacred objects, or exhibiting these objects of cultural patrimony. So it's a matter of um, two years, not decades. And is there anything 
that the federal government or, or the state government could do to help w with this ongoing process? Or does the most recent streamlining represent one of those uh, big changes uh, that you're looking for and everything else is now just about mm -hmm. time? Uh, you know, the State Museum operates under the State Education Department of the Board of Regents. We have policies about collecting and repatriating what we call deaccessioning or taking things out of the collections mm -hmm. going back. So uh, the, the, the important part of that is, uh, I think, the streamlining of the NAGPRA regulations, gotcha. which is really going to work. And we're already having that, getting conversations with several of the nations about how to really move this along. Because just think of it, we don't exhibit this material. You know, we're safekeeping it. Um, we're just keeping it and organizing it and researching it so we can get, get it back in the hands and, um, and part of the nations where it belongs. So we recently got the governor's uh, budget proposal. W would you like to see uh, a line in there for some extra staff uh, for the State Museum to, to work on this? Would that be uh, helpful? Well, we, we have terrific staff that have been there a very long time. But some, some extra people to train under those uh, great staff. Yes, we, we, we can always, we're still rebuilding staff, certainly after pandemic and mm -hmm. before. So we're, we're working on that. And you guys are, though, open for business. Would you like to make a plug for the State Museum while we still got you? Sure. Uh, we are absolutely open for business. And actually, this is Black History Month, so there's a tremendous amount on our website, and there's exhibitions uh, and so on. But uh, we welcome the public. We're open six days a week from 9.30 to 5. We're free. It's a museum about all in New York State. Uh, and actually, Native Peoples in New York is one of the great galleries to visit, but there's... Um, much to do there. Yeah, you have an ongoing First Peoples edition, right? Exhibit, we, right? We do. And that dates uh, the occupation. You know, there have been the people in now what's, what's now New York State for about 13,000 years. As soon as the glaciers retreated, you know, they, they began coming. And uh, we have collections that date back to um, 11 and 12,000 years uh, to today. We also collect, and some of these pieces are on view as well, contemporary Native American art. Uh, so at the same time, we're repatriating and working to return material. We're collecting contemporary Native American um, art, um, ceramics, and, and those sort of things. So uh, it's an outstanding uh, collection of national importance. Well, we've been speaking with Mark Shamming. He's the Deputy Commissioner of Cultural Education for the State Education Department and Director of the New York State Museum. Mark, thank you so much for making the time. Thank you, David. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.